1: All right, it is Friday. And as you know, on Friday, we do the Friday financial news wrap-up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm
0: doing well, man. This is awesome. Thanks for doing this each week. It is a pleasure to, to look back over a very dynamic week and say, you know, we're, we're coming up you know, the five or six things that are most important. So thanks for the opportunity.
1: I love it. Let's get right into it. Today is October the 21st, 2022. The Fed rate. What did you see this week and just your general thoughts this week?
0: Yeah, in general, you know. Jobs are strong. Unemployment, uh, new unemployment claims were down this week. You know, so the job market's still on fire. The Fed needs to cause some pain, which means unemployment needs to go up. It's the unfortunate reality. We've generally seen pretty solid earnings, except for a couple, which we'll talk about later. Uh, But generally speaking, the Fed's going to hit us with 75 uh, next week or the week after the, the second uh, now the betting market is we get 75 again in December for for a total of 1.5. I now believe we get hit with 50 uh, that first meeting. I think it's in February, which will be 200 basis points at the next three meeting. I've got good news and bad news. Good news is we're almost there. You can see the finish line, right? The finish line's I don't know, call it four months out, three months out, three and a half, something like that. And then what I think happens is the Fed just sits tight, right? We get to five, five and a quarter. Terminal rate, and they just pause. Uh, What we need is the Fed to stop rate. We do not. I mean, we you know people want a Fed pivot, meaning a cut. I will be happy when the Fed's done, right? Because what we have now in a in a mortgage market, in auto market, anything that's debt based, is you have all the lenders taking this Fed rate hike. And then adding spread, right? So, so banks, you know, they have this. They they borrow at this, and then they add their margin, and then they add their risk premium, and it's just wild. The spread today is is wider than I've ever seen, and seemingly getting wider. Uh, if, when we get the Fed pause, which hopefully comes in February, uh, that will the competitive juices in the lending market will bring rates down. So, I believe we could get to a, a, a certainly eight percent mortgages are right around the corner. Could we go eight and a half? Sure. Could we see nine? Maybe. Uh, but at that point, we'll see a peak. And then I think the rest of 2023 rates come back. I don't think rates get to five, but rates, I think rates, cycle high rates will happen January, February, March. And then they will be lower every month thereafter as, as banks get more competitive. So uh, at the end of the day, I wish the Fed would rip the band off. I mean, me, you and I are talking Friday the 21st. If I had a magic wand, I would tell Jerome Powell and his 13 cronies or whatever it is to come out this weekend, this Saturday, and say, you know what? We're going to do this last Fed rate rise of 200 basis points, but we will be done from here. We will just sit back and wait instead of 75, 75, 50, right? So the total is still 200. I just want them to do it in one weekend and be done uh, as opposed to just punishing Markets for another three or four months, but uh, I don't think I'm going to get my wish. So, you know, we've got 90 days, 120 days of pain to go through.
1: Very interesting. So, you believe 75, 75 basis points, and then 50 basis points in February, and then a Fed pause, which means then we level off and we start to see stability in the 30-year, in kind of all the different mortgage rates. Is that pretty yeah. accurate?
0: Yeah, that's that's certainly my guess. As of the 21st of October, I reserve the right to change my opinion, but that's currently my position today. Yes.
1: Got it. And so also too, just so if we look at that, that's 150 basis points between now and the end of the year. Correct. Okay. And then we look at even going into February, that's 200 basis points. Total. Yep. Total by February. So potentially you believe that puts the 30-year mortgage somewhere in the low eights, maybe mid eights. Somewhere in the eight with an eight in front of it. Is that.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think eights is a very I mean, if you gave me eight is the over under, I would take the over.
1: Take the over. OK, yeah. I would, too. I think it's interesting only because when I started in real estate in the 90s or when I started really studying real estate and was a student of real estate, then obviously an investor and a practitioner um, rates were very normal at seven seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. That was a very normal bouncing around all through the 90s. So um, very interesting to see, but also something to keep an eye on. Let's shift. Let's talk about housing itself. Let's talk about housing data. What did you see with inventory and then also days on market this last week?
0: Yeah, so uh, every month, National Association of Realtor NAR, uh, puts out a report about existing home sales. It's a must review uh, Article right They actually put a, a seven or eight page PowerPoint together. They put out some templates that you can use. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful look back on what happened the previous month. Uh, a couple of things that of note on inventory and days on market. their they're, days on market are going up, months of inventory going up. That has to happen. It has to happen. We you know we were coming off 9, 10, 11, 12 days uh, because things were selling so quickly. That needs to get tied to 40. Right? I think we're at nineteen or twenty one today. So it's up a lot, but has a lot more to go. Inventory. This is the one that I called called early and got a lot of heat for. But thus far, we've been right, And that is inventory is falling. We got this, you know, after July fifteenth uh, or July twentieth, I think was the date that I said NAR put out the June numbers, which changed the game. We got this Russia inventory, this Russia Wisp pricing. Now we're seeing expired, cancellations. People are taking their home off the market because they can't buy something, so we're actually going to see inventory fall into the end of the year, which I think will surprise a lot of people. Uh, we are this we're seeing record demand destruction, which everybody points at, but I don't think a lot of people realize we're seeing record supply destruction, and um, you know the only stuff that's going to be selling are people that need to sell, which creates opportunity if you're doing the work. For example, we we have a guy at The Hub, which you, we we do a Monday call with The Hub. Yep. There was a property listed for 269 in my market two weeks ago. It was vacant. It has a shake roof, which makes it look ugly. Uh, Adam locked it up at 203 after two weeks on the market. And you know, ARV is 320 So again, deals can be had. If you find somebody that needs to sell, this individual owns it um, free and clear. They bought it back in the crash. They just want out. They're tired of being landlords and it's vacant. So, um, you know, deals can be had if you do the work, right. Lots of offers, uh, but you got to do the work. So, uh, but lastly, inventory down days on market up. It's what I think is coming.
1: It seems to be, it's very clear. It's all happening. It's unfolding. You've been talking about this for a very long time. Let's talk about 30 year rates and then also how it relates to the affordability. What did you see this last week?
0: Yeah, dude, we, we, so I've been doing real estate actively for 22 years. Uh, The 30-year mortgage rate, owner-oct, best credit, 20% down, just hit uh, 7.22 earlier in the week, and I think is at 7.31 today. That's a 21-year high. I mean, just say that out loud. And now we're saying that into a median home price, which Nara put out at 384.8, I think. It's just record low. I've been doing this a long time. Affordability is a big deal. It has never been this low. And I think it's going lower. I think rates are going up faster than than prices are adjusting, and um, yeah, it's it's tough out there. Affordability is really low. It's bad.
1: Very interesting. I know. Also, this week you talked a lot about earnings. I know people can go back watch some of the past posts of the Daily Financial News. You went through a lot of different companies. Some had really positive. I know, like Netflix had a really positive uh, quarter. If we look at uh, earnings, what was the most important earnings announcement of this last week or the one that was most interesting to you?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I've never had that question before. Um, the one for me is actually one that nobody's talking about. It's Whirlpool. So if you don't know who Whirlpool is, they essentially make appliances for your home, right? Washer, dryer, refrigerator, dishwasher, things like that. And they missed earnings. They missed revenue. They missed earnings. They missed production. It's, it's It was all bad. And when I step back and look at Whirlpool, as and again, what people may not realize is I sold Whirlpool products for like five years, right? Washers, dryers. So, I mean, I know them pretty well. Generally speaking, most people don't replace the washer and dryer when it breaks, right? Because they last 10, 12, 14 years. A lot of people replace their washers and dryers when they feel flush like hey honey you know this one's old let's get it energy efficient or hey honey let's get a stainless steel or hey honey let's do this or that and the reason i think whirlpool is important this miss is because it shows you that the housing market right this wealth effect right housing is wealth effect when you feel that housing is going down you don't spend and i think whirlpool is a great example of that i also look at whirlpool and the next thing i think is apple yeah right? I don't know about you, but I have an iPhone. I talk on it every day with the daily financial news. I love it. It's a great device. Apple just came out with a new product. There's nothing in that new product for me. Again, I'm not a tech wizard. Maybe there's some great stuff I don't know about, but there's nothing that makes me want to rush out and buy that. And I can write it off as a business expense, right? And um, I think a lot of people are going to think that about, like Tesla too, right? There's a lot of EVs out there. Tesla's definitely not the cheapest. I think I think Whirlpool is showing how conservative consumers are and how easy it is for them to not upgrade something that's not broken. Right? If your phone breaks, you buy the latest iPhone. But if you're like me and the phone's great, the screen's not cracked, you're like, you know what? I don't know where we are in the economy. I'm going to wait six months. And then, hey, I have a car that works. Yeah, it's gas. Yeah, gas is expensive, but I'm not ready to sign up for a ninety thousand dollar Tesla or whatever they cost. So I think I think Whirlpool is is telling us just how conservative the consumer is. That that was my read. I thought it was a. It, it it really feels weird for me to talk about an industrial product, a discretionary industrial product, as being the the most important when we got Snap, which is down twenty five percent, or Netflix that had two you know, million ads. But I think Whirlpool is the most interesting this week.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, When I worked for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, um, they were one of the rare vendors that was direct to Fannie and Freddie. If you were doing appliances, they came directly shipped from Mm. Whirlpool. So very interesting, the dynamic there. Um, Very interesting in terms of household spending and what's going on. Are we in a recession, Michael? We didn't talk about this pre-roll. Are we in a recession? Are we going to see at the end of Q4? This is a wild card question. We didn't plan this one. No, Are that's right. So,
0: so, so, again, we're going to use the technical definition or the, the rule of thumb. Rule of thumb, actually, not technical, rule of thumb. So, Q1, Q2 was negative. Q3 GDP report comes out next week, I believe, right? The first cut of it, it's done three times. I think that's positive. I think Q1 will be like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 positive. Uh, So your question about Q4, uh, I believe Q4 will be negative and it will be start of a recession, yes.
1: Okay, there we go. And so let's talk about CEOs. There was some talk, a lot going on with CEOs this week, a lot of announcements, a lot of rebuttals. What did you see this week? Your thoughts about CEOs this week?
0: Yeah, full credit to Business Insider for the title. It said said something like CEOs say 2023 is going to suck. And they actually used the word suck. And I'm like, hey, where have I heard that before? Yeah. Right. 2023 is going to be a rough year to be an executive. Um, you're actually going to have to work. You have to make a lot of tough calls. Uh, right. Do you raise prices or eat margin? Uh, you need to recycle capital uh, in a debt market that's not open. Do you give up more shares? Do you it's just right. Do you acquire? Do you sell yourself? Twenty twenty three is going to be a year where executives have to make their money and it's not going to be fun. I've been in, I've been an executive and companies having to cut. I've been a part of corporate companies that have to be sold for pennies because you just can't get to the finish line, right? The runway ran out and you're sold for parts. It's really painful. Uh, so, yeah, I think 2023 is going to be a pretty rough year um, for lots of folks, including CEOs. CEOs didn't really have to work the last two years, right? Demand was everywhere. Money was free. You know, they could they could pop off on their G5s and do whatever they wanted. Next year, they're going to have to knuckle up and do some work.
1: Very interesting. So let's pull it all together. Right. So it's the middle. Actually, it's two thirds of the way through through October. Now we're in the fourth quarter. Can't believe. Right. There's only, you know, not a lot of 60 days left to the holiday, to the to the Christmas holiday or at least that holiday season. Um, Let's talk about where we are. We've been talking about this. This is not new news for you, for any of the real core listeners who listen every week. This is not new news. We knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Where in your thoughts, the opportunity? What should people yes. be thinking about?
0: Yeah, so again, right? When you step back and you realize that I'm calling for a housing depression, that probably doesn't feel good, right? If you're standing in front of that and I say housing depression, you're probably getting fear afraid. Again, I don't, I don't say that to scare you. I say it to prepare you. What I want you to do is understand that and I want you to back up and realize that behind this, tree, this fear, tree of fear, sorry, tree of fear, there's a forest of opportunity. It is very easy for people to quote Warren Buffett in the good times. In the bad times, people just constantly forget, right? When there's blood in the street or when there's fear or all of this, that's where the true opportunities are, right? We talked earlier about a guy we work with at The Hub locking up a property that had been on the market two weeks. I guarantee you it was locked up because it looks bad from the street. It has those shake roofs, which if you have shake roofs in a market like Fresno that gets rain and then hot, they just peel up. They look ugly. And he's just wants out. You know That property three months ago probably sells for 300 all day long. He got it for 203. I mean, the the opportunities that are coming, if you've been doing the work and writing the right offers and being aggressive and just writing another one and writing another one, they're out there. There are going to be people that need to sell this year. That's where motivation is. Go find them. Um, if people want to sell, like agents, people that want to sell, they're going to waste your time. All right. So again, you got to be a hybrid agent. You got to skill up. It's the time for seller financing, sub two, creative financing. I believe more creative deals will be done in the next 12 to 18 months than were done in the last four years combined. Uh, I think the opportunity for us to have Pace at an event on the 19th is amazing. We're so fortunate, so lucky to have him there. And oh, by the way, you and the team just got an extra 100 tickets created. I can't believe you guys did that. Um, So talk about what you've, what you've empowered and what you've given people, the last minute chance to, to join an event.
1: I love it. I got to say, shout out to Jason Pritchard. And I mean, the whole crew, everybody, Stratton, Dean, Bo, you, everybody, Um, they were able to squeeze out another hundred tickets. So they are back on sale. So this is for November 19th, Pace and Jamil live and in person in Fresno, California, November the 19th. It's going to be an all day Saturday event. I believe we secured another speaker also, did Henry?
0: I think Henry Washington has been confirmed, reconfirmed, yes.
1: Henry Washington, who if a lot of Bigger you Bigger know, Pockets
0: fame, yep.
1: Huge, I mean, just hugely successful. And a guy that literally, in probably what, the last seven years? How long?
0: Seven years, I believe, yeah.
1: Seven years, literally getting into this business and literally just setting himself up to financial freedom. Um, and then it's just gonna be an incredible room. It's gonna be an absolutely incredible room. Tickets are now back on sale. They turned the switch on. We were sold out for about a week, week and a half, um, about a week. They just flipped it on. There's obviously 100 tickets. Those went on sale this morning, today, Friday, the 21st. You can go to reicollaboration.com, reicollaboration.com. I think they're also doing something special. And I, I believe, I know actually, we're doing a front of the room ticket. So what's mm-hmm. nice is that you can be up close and personal. There's going to be about 600 plus or minus people in this event so it's going to be big it's going to be a nice big room incredible people all like-minded people learning investing people that are just getting started also people with a ton of success all different levels so you should if you have not bought your ticket yet november 19th fresno california you can go to reicollaboration.com michael thank you for all that you do one rental at a time they can find you on facebook social media, right? YouTube, the best financial news out there. Michael, is there any parting words you want to just share with people?
0: No, The only thing I would tell folks is the next two years is going to be an amazing opportunity to build wealth. It won't be like the last two years where you would print money in cash, but it will probably be better. Because again, we are in this business to build wealth. And the next two years will allow you to control more real estate with less cash. And I'm excited for it.
1: I love it. Thank you, Michael. Have a great weekend.